everybody, and welcome back to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 229. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my two wonderful hosts out from sunny LA, Jesse and Alex. 229 229. and feeling fine. I feel like, should I stop counting the episode titles soon? You think at like episode 300, I should stop? No, I think there's something so mystical, so enjoyable about Mm. numbers going up every time we put out an episode. Don't you think? I mean, it's like a video game high school. Reliable, repetitive mantras. You know what I'm saying? There's something strengthening about listening to the intro. I just need to say we're reliable and repetitive, and that is our mantra. Our mantra so. is just, I'm just saying, like, you come in, you say the same thing at the beginning. It kind of, like, attunes us all in. We know the vibes. Yeah. Why, mess, why mess with a good thing? Why? I like that thought. I'm, I'm that kind of guy, too. Why mess with something that's working out pretty well? I've been having the same breakfast sandwich for... 25 years. You know what I mean? Okay, spell out what is the breakfast sandwich? Is it like a Monte Cristo? It's just the eggs. What? He'd be just dead if for 25 years he ate a Monte Cristo every, every day. Every day, baby. Every He'd day. He'd be dead. <laughs> Quarter jar of jelly. Mm, <laughs> I deep fry the whole thing and I put powdered sugar on it. Like, uh, eighth of he'd a, be dead. Eighth of an ounce of powdered sugar. Speaking of food, though, last time it's been Thanksgiving since we got together, boys. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, del- delicious. Right. Eat any I cryptids? I made a delicious anchovy plate. Does that get you hype? Oh God, no! I'm so glad I'm not your family. I went, I went out with my parents. That was pretty good. Whoa! And we fancy. got like, uh, just like you know, we went to get a fancy turkey dinner out. I like that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, no cleaning. It was lovely, and we uh, they had like different multiple sides you could get. My parents and I strategized, and we picked the three sides we wanted, so we each could get one for free, and then we had it on the table, and it was great. I like the way you think. And then, uh. Family strategy at the dinner place. Yeah. And then we got the, and then we went back, we watched the dog show, which, you know. Oh my God, of course. I guess, of course, you have to watch the dog show. John O'Hurley. National treasure. He looks a little, he looks a little puffy. Like, I'm not trying to throw down with him or anything. He's looking great for his age, but. Voice of an angel. He sounds, he sounds exactly the same as he did on Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who'd he play on Seinfeld? Peterman. Yeah, Elaine's boss. Don't know who that is. Uh, Elaine, Elaine's, Elaine's boss. Do you oh, know Elaine okay, is? Okay, I've seen. Yeah. Okay, I've seen enough episodes to know who Elaine's boss. What is. Were, what was the job supposed to be? It was supposed to be like uh, they run. They it's a catalog. Right, right. But I'm trying to remember. Like, who are they spoofing? I don't know. I don't know exactly what. Is, what, what is the name of that company? The company that does the catalog all the time. I can't remember. Uh, the, the catalog company. The the one that's like um where they not where they North like, Face. What's no. Pier Pier One Imports or something. Not, it's like not Pier One. Uh, it's something like that. Though it's like they 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 like import stuff version. from all over the world. Yeah, <laughs> not Urban Outfitters. What the hell is? Well, whatever the case may be, it's one of those, and it's it's very funny, Mathis. Mister Peterman, Mister Peterman's holding it down at the dog show. Yeah, but he does the VO for dog show, and the dog show this year. Holy shit, guys! There was one dog, barely a dog. Some sort of rat with too much fur. A cryptid? And the man had to carry it out because if he let it walk for too long, it would get too tired oh and couldn't be a part of the dog show. Oh I was like, no. yo, See, this dog shouldn't exist. That's when the genetic breeding has to stop. It was so poofy, and he kept like trying to make it poofier for the judge. That dog won second place, dude. <laughs> so I was blown away. God damn. It's an Irish cryptid right there. I had a very <laughs> Texas Thanksgiving. Fried turkey. A whole ass turkey just getting a giant like that's the way to do it who deep who deep fried the turkey uh my girlfriend's brother yo that's a ballsy bro right there i love that did he inject it yeah they deep fried three turkeys because we had that many people over there that's about right a ton of food at all times and of course football was on so oh yeah sure 
Very American, very Texas-style Thanksgiving, but it was great. I'm glad you all had a good Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is uh, 100% American, so... That's, I love uh, thanks giving thanks to people on Patreon. Oh, nice. Thank you, patrons. Good segue, buddy. Good segue. Thank you to all the patrons. I want to give a big thanks to the people who get ad-free episodes. And I want to give a big thanks to everybody who gets their mini-sode every week that we upload with every episode that we do and listens regularly to the archive of many unlistened mini-sodes they probably haven't heard if they're just signing up. And I want to say years thank you worth. to everybody who gets the video mini-sodes. Those are nice. And our brand new show, Rotten Popcorn, where Mathis. You can't uh, keep slowly- calling it brand new. That's like when the reopening sign has been outside a restaurant for five <laughs> it's, years. It's and you're faded. like, Come on. it's been over a year. You can't the, keep calling it brand the new. The Spirit Halloween Takeover Wasp Nest, uh, like Cordyceps Fungus Takeover of a podcast, Rotten Popcorn. Uh, we're watching X Files slowly. I don't know what the next thing is, but we're taking it. We're we're circling back, and then we're going to go back to X Files, uh, which Mathis has never seen. Amazing. How, uh, how? Like, am I like less than a percent of the way through with four episodes in? Yeah, you're, there's nine uh, seasons. Actually, there's eleven yeah. seasons I keep, now. I keep thinking there's seven seasons. I keep eleven seasons. Uh, Mathis, I'll be, Mathis, I'll be with you. I'll, I'll be real with you. A lot of those final seasons unimportant dude don't say watching. that it's still good it's still good it's true it's true is it like the office <sighs> nah, but where you know like what? it comes back season seven is like the real final season of the office and eight and nine are just like extra because they make money dude it feels the exact same way it feels the same way but it comes back and the the the, the new stuff is good is well look the okay. new stuff is its own thing though i'm talking about the 90s show where eventually like half the cast wasn't even in it anymore and you're like what the hell is this they were just just Duchovny wasn't in it that's a huge loss. Just Holy not Mulder. Uh, yeah, but they right, added. But they added Robert Patrick. Doesn't a, matter. Michael amazing Scott actor isn't needed to make the office work. Okay, we don't need Michael Scott. It's fine. See, see, <laughs> Mathis gets it. Mathis what, understands. What, okay, so I don't don't spoil. But what season would you consider like canonical last season for X Files? Whatever the season was that the movie came out. Fight the Future okay. came out. I think that's okay, after okay. season six is after is when okay. the movie came out. And actually it's when Mulder leaves. And but then when Mulder comes back at the end of season nine, it's like the show has they actually do wrap the story up. It's pretty wild. Okay. Monthly digital art poster from Studio Electro. Right, right. P- Patreon. Thankful. Thankful for that. Thankful for everybody, anybody who will ever give us ten thousand dollars, bold face, no, no Never cap. Happening. We have, we officially Thankful. have somebody who tried and then it got declined. What's up with that? The, they're not rich. Money mean, mouth probably is. the bank was like, "Are you crazy? Don't do that." <laughs> Are you a movie star? Come on, just once, just fuck around, just once. Are you a movie star? If you're a just movie star, once. Just Are you a producer? You do you, are you an ish? Are you a software engineer? Come on, just once, just just, just once. We're, we're, we'd be so thankful. You might be able to pay just off once too long. Come on, <laughs> come on, one, please. I will, only, I will only accept it from someone who has proven to have too much damn money. Yeah. Like fair, if fair Jeff enough. Bezos yeah. gave, I'd be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. But if like John fact, if Jeff Bezos gave, be like That's John it? the accountant gave, I'd be like, don't don't do that, John. Come on, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff, you have too much money. <laughs> Come on. I believe whatever you want. Amazon is a value, dude. 
Yeah. And it's certainly not pushing smaller businesses out. Th- those people have plenty of time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All your employees seem to love it. <laughs> See, I would do that for you, Jeff. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Completely unprompted. I just want to talk about how much time everybody has to go no, to the bathroom. No, I'd take that man's money and be like, F that guy. That guy sucks. <laughs> oh, I'd still I'd roll around in his money and be like, he's a goober. The biggest goober. And he treats everyone poorly. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Pod. <laughs> Get on down there. Today's episode's an exciting one, gentlemen, and actually ties into X-Files a tiny, tiny bit. What? The poster, synonymous with the X-Files. I want to believe. Oh, I want to believe. Do you know where that photo is from? Fox Mulder. No, incorrect. Fox Studios? (laughs) Also incorrect. Fox Special Effects Department? Fox Mulder Studios? No. Chris Carter's fan fiction? Is that the one where they have sex with the aliens? No, that's uh, your fan. Yeah, that's, oh, Mathis, right. that's Mathis Presents Alien Theater. <laughs> Alien Burlesque Theater. <laughs> that's going to be a special at our upcoming live show that's already done by the time you're hearing this. Yeah. If, we, if we had the, the audacity, we would start every one of our shows with a four and a half minute burlesque performance. Bum, bum, ba, bum, bum, ba, bum. But like sexy aliens. We'd hire a troop of sexy aliens. What are those things called that you put your hands near it and to make music? What is that? What is that shit called? And it's in like, oh, what the fuck is it called? A theremin? What? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> my yes. mind was clawing for something to like. Match your I description. I got you. Oh, I'm here for it. <laughs> I covered Dude, you guys. I, here's my promise. I can't. It won't be this next live show, but it'll be a live show, one only, where I will have a burlesque act to open up the show. Solo. I I want good Mathis burlesque acts. Just stand by. Uh, we should have a comedy, like a like an alien based comedy guy open one time. We're doing it. We should have. We should. We should hire that Bigfoot band that's on TikTok to open for us. Oh, oh my God! Yes. This is hap- this is happening. I want him. We need. To, yeah, bring him out. We're just gonna. We're gonna just go real weird with it. That's the. That's the new vibes. It's just gonna be a showcase of of weirdness. Yeah, Let's we have go. to balance out the fact that Mathis no longer calls us fake celebrity names. Yeah. And instead, it's all Bigfoot banned all the time. No, no. So from X-Files, this photo, this poster is a real photo from an individual who has claimed that he had contact with aliens. And that photo is one of many photos he has taken over his lifetime. A man by the name of Billy Myers. Does that name ring a bell at all? No. Isn't that the guy who's got the record in King Kong? (laughs) No, no. uh, That's his cousin, (laughs) Billy what is his last name? <laughs> I don't know what is that. What is uh, what was the guy that Billy Mays? Billy Mays. Uh, he died. Willie Mays. Willie yeah. Mays. Nope. Nope. No, Willie Scott from uh, Temple of Doom. No. Mm. Uh, so this guy and Billy Myers, who's going to be kind of the focus of today's episode, is our link to a, a previous episode, one that we all love, the one about the twelve different alien races, the MJ twelve, all of that shit. Oh my and God. one of those yes. races, I said we would do an episode on and that is today because today we're talking about nothing but pleiadians and what they want to do here on earth pleiadians yo they talk to the red hot chili peppers they also are some they know are kind of known as nordics occasionally a deep cut what was you what'd you say jesse i got i was lost in alien thought no no it's fine i was leaving a deep cut <clears throat> for for the listener about red hot chili peppers oh okay I don't really cut. listen to music. Like three people out there will be like, damn, that's lyrics to a song, bro. And I'll feel really good about it. Pleat Aliens already just 
sounds like the name nope. of a EP by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Not Pleiadians. <laughs> Pl- uh, Pleiadians. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Fair the Pleiades Network. It's uh, uh, Mathis's Pl- uh, book, uh, Please Aliens. Yeah. Almost done with that one. I got. I was working on the last page last night, and I don't know what happened. I blacked out, and everything was a mess when I woke up. Um. So the Pleiadians, specifically, are also known as the Nordics, as we've talked about briefly. Tall whites, etc., etc. And everything we really know about the Pleiadians, at least initially, comes from one man, Billy Myers. And so when we talk today, it's basically from all of his books. I did not read all of his books. I'm so sorry, but there are a ton of them. Um, And uh, everything we're going to say today is going to sound kind of fucking crazy because it (laughs) might be. It might be, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm kind of putting it out there. Like Jesse, you have to take your pants off and enter crazy town for just today (sighs) and just go along for the ride. And I know you're sneezing out. You're sneezing off all the bullshit to this insanity (laughs) Uh, because I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and try and tear apart this man's accounts because it would take nine episodes. We're just going to talk about the majority of what he tells about these creatures, what they want from us. And why they're so important to the Majestic 12 or like the 12 alien races. Does that sound good? You guys buckled in? I'm, I'm, I'm more than buckled. I I'm am excited. Prepped. This is going to be fun. All right, good. I'm good. double buckled. You know, like how pilots have like an X buckle on both ways? Yeah. I well, got that yeah, on. Yeah. That's what you got on? Jesse, are you, are you buckled up? Are you free balling like I'm no buckles? I'm, I'm buckled. So okay. just for the record, Cross are we talking about a specific Pleiades thing or just... Because the Pleiades aren't, it's not like a, like a planet. Yeah, it's a star. Or a sun. It's like a huge cluster of shit. In 400 the, in million the light years away, I believe, from us. Something along those lines. Yeah. So, I mean, like, in theory, yeah, there 100% could be something living there that, I don't know if it's a Nordic man, but it's so big and there's so many stars and so many, like, yeah, I guess in theory, sure. So yeah, I'm in. Let's go. They're, they're visiting Earth, man. They're talking to us, man, with a very important message. In the Chronicles of Human Extraterrestrial Relations, there are a few chapters that are as weird and eyebrow-raising as the inaugural appearance of the Pleiadians. I think about that lady we talked about. Do you remember the one who went off and had, like, a child with an alien and was gone for, like, five months on Earth, but she it was, like, sure, two years yeah. for her? It's in that kind of like echelon of bizarreness. The tale of them reaching out to Earth doesn't begin in a high-tech laboratory, not a government facility, but in the 1950s with a simple boy, a Swiss farmer by the name of Billy Myers, whose close encounters from the 1940s all the way up through the 70s and 80s make even the most seasoned ufologist uh, maybe be a little curious about it. Did you call him a little boy? Called him a little boy. Yes. He's a little boy that's a, he's a farmer. He, he, he will become a farmer. He's living on a farm now. He becomes a farmer when he's older. Like, it's just what he does. Um, but in the moment, in his first, in his <laughs> first. Imagine like a little five-year-old farmer. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. what he know, does. That's what he does. I could I see. Mean, in, the, in the 40s, I, be, I bet you he was doing work around the farm. He probably was. You know, pick, okay, picture this. Because we're not in America. This man lives in Switzerland. We're in the serene Swiss countryside. Cows are grazing. The Alps are a backdrop. And then suddenly in the forties. Yeah. 
Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, is that not what Switzerland looked like in the forties? Did it look different? I mean, it always has looked like that. It's just the forties was a rough time for Europe, so I feel like. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it wasn't perfect, but it, uh, well, you know, the Switzerland famously neutral about everything. Pretty chill. Pretty chill in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, pretty chill in Switzerland. Yeah, you're kind of just chilling out in the weird farmland, pretending you're not hoarding Nazi gold. I'm just p- picturing, like, a bunch of five-year-old kids, like, getting up, having their coffee, <laughs> getting on the fucking plows, like, wacha, like, riding their horses out. Is this a world where adults are no longer alive? <laughs> no, no, it's I, just a bunch no, of no. kids. Okay. I, just believed you, I just believed you dead ass. I was like, yeah, five-year-old Putting kid farmers hard in Switzerland. Hats. Yeah. That's how it was. Put on 40s. their gloves. Put their tool belts on. Yeah. yeah. Well, you. suddenly Getting nagged by the wife. You're, you know. you're being nagged by your five year old wife. Lots of mouths to feed. <laughs> they have a one year old together. It's rough. <laughs> Out of nowhere, Billy is contacted by an extraterrestrial. It's like kind of like a scene straight out of a sci-fi movie, except there's no like sci-fi elements. What do you mean He's out of nowhere? Yes, there is. There's mind. an extraterrestrial in though. his mind. There's no spaceship that shows up. There's no like beaming him out of the ground. So something just reached out like, sup, bro. One day. Yeah. So he's just laying in his bed and he, he just heard like, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of, yeah, kind of, I guess he doesn't really give a ton of details. <laughs> Um, he was five years old at the time. I'm an alien. <laughs> An alien's outside throwing rocks at his window. Open, open up. Billy. Hey, open up. I'm from outer space. The aliens are back. Billy, it's me. Have you heard of the Pleiades, Billy? You're actually going to get some Pleiadian names here in a minute. What do you think a Pleiadian name kind of sounds like? Do you think it's like Glip Glop or? I think it's like Elvish. I think it's like La Florian. Ooh, I like it. Hold on, hold on. La Florian. Florian. <laughs> uh, hold on, I got this. Florian. Nordic name generator. Here we go. <laughs> okay, okay. Askatil. Dude. Steinard. <laughs> Pjorgbjorg. Okay. Bodil. Boat. Boatdol. Bodil. B B O D I L. Bodil. It means remedy. Love it. Oh, nice. Love it. So we got Elvin yeah. and. The Swedish, you said? Nordic? No, just old Norse names. It's like Viking like sounding like names and stuff. Yeah. Well, let's start with the extraordinary and oddly conveniently unverifiable first encounter that Billy Myers claims to have had with this extraterrestrial species. Contacting <laughs> you from the other galaxy. Billy, it's me, Bodil. <laughs> Bodil, the Nordic. It's the Florian, Billy. Lorian? <laughs> what, what, what do these aliens want, dude? What do they want? Why are they calling to this five-year-old from so far away? Billy, harvest is coming! Prepare your threshers! Uh, okay, I'm just going to take it from there. Uh, Billy's journey into co- the cosmic unknown didn't start in adulthood, according to him but rather in the innocent days of his childhood. We can picture a younger Meyer hanging out in that Swiss countryside like I painted so extravagantly for you earlier. Four years where the most exciting time, event is probably something like, grizzled. what's exciting in Switzerland in the 40s? A cow parade? Like, what World do you War do? II. Okay, yeah, 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 fair enough. The Nazis. Yeah, you're really, yeah, you're just panicking that you're not going to get bombed exciting. all the time. Yeah, it's pretty Actually, exciting. Actually, very exciting in like the <laughs> worst way. There's a lot going on. Uh, but this exciting life for young Billy wasn't destined for a uh, life of like, I don't know swiss chocolate making like he was marked for something much more interstellar was that listen i'm sorry if i offended anybody all right what what kind of farm is this 
I don't what know. Kind of, I don't know what kind of farms are in Switzerland. Chocolate farms, yodeling farms, maybe. Oh my god! Uh, he, I think he learned about Switzerland from "It's a Small World" at Disneyland. <laughs> I was actually, you know, I was there the other a uh, few weeks ago, and that's where I, I started writing the script on the rock. Oh yeah, I saw you there. That guy streaking yep. through "It's a Small World." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My underwear was just flesh colored. Your underwear was just flesh colored. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the worst excuse. That's like the. <laughs> It's like off, like that's such, it doesn't help anyone, that excuse. <laughs> oh, my underwear was just flesh colored. I wasn't nude. Yeah, that was fair, right? Legally, I'm correct. Does that hold up in court? Okay. Once upon a time in the mystical land of Switzerland, known for its watches, delicious chocolates, and aversion to conflict to the point where it's almost criminal, a most extraordinary event occurred. Enter Billy Meyer, a Swiss boy with a penchant for extraterrestrial diplomacy for some reason, who one fine day in 1942 claimed to have done what no man had done before. Chat with an alien, not from the planet Pleiades. Billy! Billy, it's me, Galadriel, Lady of the Wood! (laughs) I've come to talk with you! Billy! Stop bombardier! (laughs) (laughs) They let me out of the movie, Billy! (laughs) It's criminal. That's a great plot in Lord of the Rings, dude. This should have been in the movie, all right? Do you think no that's way. why would have made no the Lady sense. of the Lake went to Arthur because Billy wasn't answering her calls? Can you just verify Can you just verify <laughs> a detail of this story for me really yeah. quick? Uh-huh. You keep calling him a boy and then telling him and then saying, like, this little boy has a penchant for alien diplomacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. You think it does? You think that's accidental? Are we talking about a five-year-old boy who talks to aliens? Yes. And some of the lessons is he a farmer? And some of the lessons they give is diplomatic intergalactic (laughs) diplomacy. Is he a farmer? To a five? To a (laughs) five-year-old? Is he a farmer? He's a five-year-old that lives on a farm. Okay. This whole thing is a five-year-old. Yep. So far. Sure. All right. You know what? Sure. Thank you. Exactly. Damn right. And yeah, who, would, that's, who would lie? Not a five-year-old. That's the story. And exactly. That's exactly it. correct. Patreon.com slash pod. Yeah. Uh, so the story begins with a five-year-old Meyer encountering not a Pleiadian at first, but a Plejaren, which is actually just one star over. And their <laughs> name was? Yeah. Plejaren. P-L-E-J-A-R-E-N. Are they the ones that are like, fo solo roco? Nope. Sfath. Sfath? That's the name. Sfath. Kind of sounds like you sneeze. That sounds like a character from the fake Mortal Kombat fighting game that I made up on a couple pieces of printer paper when I was 12 years old. S-F-A-T-H. Sfath. That sounds like if Wolverine sliced his claws through 2,000 sheets of paper. Yeah, this... uh, this Plajara named Svath apparently uh, was an extraterrestrial who had an apparent keen interest in Swiss kindergartners. Svath, whose name sounds suspiciously kind of like a typo, was described as a wise old (laughs) alien, kind of like a Yoda of the system he was from. Uh, He imparted knowledge and wisdom to young Billy, covering topics that would make even the most seasoned philosopher scratch their head. Their sessions were like extracurricular activities, but with a tutor from another star system. And this individual named Svath tutored him for 11 years. For 11 years, Billy was being taught by Svath, covering everything from the secrets of the universe to presumably tips on intergalactic diplomacy, seeing as that he talks about the Intergalactic Council later on. 
One can only imagine a real governing body of actual aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We talked about them before in an older episode. Of course we it's did. It's been a while. Yeah, I, yeah, That's yeah. why I remember them so well. Yeah, yeah. It was very important. I'm surprised you mm-hmm. don't remember them. No, it's got, I've got it right here, right in the center, in the front of my brain right now. All right. Well, then start looking at the center of your brain. You're going to need it. Yep. One can only we- imagine this weird parent-teacher, like, kind of, like, if this was a parent-teacher meeting, I imagine that the parents would be very confused um, because the things he was being taught were, and I'm going to give you a list of four. Of course, what all aliens always tell us every fucking time they come across us, warnings about environmental damage and the death of the planet. Meyer reported that the Pleiadians expressed concerns about our environmental degradation here on Earth, warning about the consequences of pollution and resource depletion, even giving a few predictions of what was going to happen if we didn't stop, which we'll talk about closer to the end of the episode. Numbered chocolate stays are... <laughs> you must learn how to move rocks with your mind, Billy. <laughs> uh, also included spiritual and philosophical teachings. The messages of these teachings often contained, like uh, supposedly offering insights into the nature of ex- this. Is all happening in his mind? Yeah. Well, they know he would start showing up over time in person. In person, yes. In his house yeah like outside in his house his parents never saw them out while he's driving cattle alone yeah, kind of shit like that as far as range. he like explains it again he doesn't list every single what every single meeting was and he kind of keeps a lot of it vague but there's a lot of books out there you can go read more these philosophical teachings are like the, uh, teaching him about the nature of existence what human consciousness is the development of a more spiritually aware society again he's five uh historical and future predictions also became part of his lessons and some of Meyer's accounts include alleged Pleiadians' insight into Earth's history and predictions about future events, ranging from geopolitical developments to natural disasters. Uh, and so, so eleven years of this. So he would. He it was between him being five and sixteen years old that he's getting lessons about all this. Stuff. David Grush, his name would be Billy. <laughs> Secrets. God damn it! He will carry with him. Protect him at all costs from the T one thousand. And finally, uh, just kind of information about ex- extraterrestrial life. Meyer claimed that they provided him with information about life on other planets, the workings of the universe, often challenging conventional scientific understanding as far as I imagine he knew it as a five to 16 year old. So that's like that's like the first encounter Billy has with an extraterrestrial over 11 years. And like I said, it's taught all kinds of bizarre things from there, though, Billy would transition uh, for as Billy transitioned from child to young adult. After 11 years of, teach, uh, of teachings, moving into 1953, his extraterrestrial do- guide, Svath, decided it was time to pass on the baton by dying. <laughs> and so entered the next uh, of the roster of extraterrestrials that would teach our dearest Billy, ask it. No. But not from. Yeah, go ahead. There is another. <laughs> another. But Georgian. <laughs> There's another Plagiorian. That, that boy was all lost hope. There's another Plagiarian. His name is Strohns. <laughs> this is Do all. You think at the end, the real guys of this story, all three of them are going to be standing together watching us do a podcast <laughs> on them. They're going to be like, "So much philosophy we taught them." <laughs> I hope they protect David Grush in the future. I'm trying my best, man. I'm trying. It doesn't help when he goes on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, Grush will visit. Protect him. 
<laughs> Agents of the enemy are all around. Uh, yeah, again, and so the next character enters, ask it, but they're not from the same planet that Sfath was. In fact, they're not even from the same universe. Fuck Uh-oh. off. They're from the Dahl universe, and for some reason... Asket, too, looks sort of like a Nordic goddess with blonde hair, blue eyes, pale skin, and the wisdom of an ancient sage. How old was he when she showed up? 1953, he's 16. Yeah, all right. That, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out that he's like, <laughs> yes, yeah, so the next one that shows up, <laughs> huge knockers, blonde, <laughs> bombshell. I remember her. She was so horny. She was always so touchy. I was always like, babe, please. Not, I'm trying to learn about the Prejurans. She tried to take me away from my wife of 11 years. <laughs> we had three kids together. I couldn't leave her. At this point, I was a scholar. <laughs> so uh, I guess he is entering into manhood. It is more than one way. And mm-hmm. as we continue, through our, continue our journey through Billy Meyer's fantastical universe as it develops and grows deeper, we find ourselves with the second person deep in the midst of his adventures with Asket, not just being your run-of-the-mill extraterrestrial encounters, but now we're starting yeah, to like, look at things that are epic bit. in narrative and make regular UFO stories look like mundane nonsense compared to the adventures he'd have with her. This is just like totally non-witnessed. This is just like... Oh, yeah. well, okay. So we have uh, we have some pictures. Wait, just Photographs. Give, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you just and then one on, of them ended boys, up in the X-Files. Yeah, one of them ends up in the X-Files. You are correct. Exactly. Can I um, just do a quick sidebar really quick before we move yeah. on? Yeah. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say there's a part of the opening of the X-Files that it's like Donald Trump's face screaming? <laughs> you pointed it out to us it when we watched that's it. That's not so. what it looks like at all, though. Guys, don't say just that. go back. It's blue, if that helps. It's like... But it's the one where it's like, goes like... Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, it like stretches. It's like, yeah! We're not even recording yeah, our faces, yeah. so nobody is seeing what you're doing. You will, though. If you've seen X-Files, yeah, you know exactly... When you watch it, you'll be like, oh, you, stretch face. If you've yeah. seen X-Files, you know exactly what motherfucker I'm talking about. Just think about that next time you look at it. Uh, according to Billy Meyer, his jaunts with Asket weren't limited to mere interplanetary and galactic education. It involved sightseeing. And no... They were not just sightseeing to other planets. We're talking full-blown fucking excursions. Wibbledy wobbledy, timey wimey, TARDIS across time and space. This man got to start time traveling as a teenager. Imagine like being sixteen and like hopping between eras, like a cosmic tourist. I feel that'd be kind of fucking cool, witnessing historical events and shit. I think the entire United Kingdom is with you on that. Every Christmas, every New Year's, all the time. I mean, fair. It is a, it's almost like a special time on yeah. British television yeah, for some reason. Exactly. Yeah, but apparently also this time travel did not cause any butterfly effect, no sort of fractured timeline or as far as we understand. Like that wasn't part of it. Um, Askett played both the role of tour guide and history teacher for Meyer during this time. Supposedly revealed to Meyer the quote unquote true history of Earth a history that would have conventional scholars probably spitting their coffee out. And from the secrets of ancient civilization like Atlantis, remember that episode, boys, to the hidden influences of extraterrestrials and human affairs, Askett's revelations were like history lessons on steroids with a pinch of cosmic wonder. It's fucking crazy shit. And here's a list of some claims we're going to go through. 
These claims are a mixture of alternative history, conspiracy theories, and elements typical of New Age and UFO folklore. Uh, and here are some of the key elements from Myers' descriptions of the true history of Earth uh, that he that was supposedly revealed by Asket. First and foremost, ancient civilizations and extraterrestrial influence. Obviously, Meyer claimed that Asket provided insights into the history of ancient civilizations, such as Atlantis and Lemuria. And according to these claims, these civilizations were highly advanced and had contact with extraterrestrial beings, which significantly influenced their development. Now, I want to also branch from that and say a lot of what people say about Pleiadians right now say that Pleiadians were actually speaking to Sumerians in ancient times. However, through everything I've seen, Billy Meyer never claimed that Sumerians were never brought up. And the earliest I can find Sumerians being linked to Pleiadians is like 2019, 2018 era. It just it more seems like. The, uh, the ancient alien theory kind of globbed onto uh, Pleiadians. So the closest this comes to real history is Atlantis. How dare you? This is all real history. The, clo- the closest thing to like something. You saying a- the closest that is Atlantis? Real right. history? All that is insane. <laughs> no, no. The closest no. thing that it, it the closest thing this touches that could that is might- another possibly not real that thing. could be mentioned in a history book. Maybe is Atlantis. Yeah, sure. Sweet. Close enough. That's all we got. Early. It's just can. It's just lucky that it's just it's rough because I would if it was like Rome, right? Like you'd be able to go back and look at their records and find that they did this, but because it's this one group that the entire civilization yeah. vanished. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because now because of that coincidence, you can't coincidence. You can't check their records. You know what I mean? But luckily, we can check Myers' records because the man took pictures of dinosaurs. So don't worry. I've got pictures for you in a minute. What? Exactly. Hidden historical events were also on the lesson plan. Myers, uh, Meyer talks about how Askett included and, talked to and te- uh, taught him about the idea that many significant historical events throughout our own history have been influenced or indirectly or directly by extraterrestrial interventions suggesting that history known to mainstream academia is not only is either incomplete or entirely incorrect. Technology and cultural advances were also part of the lesson plan. The advancement of human civilizations, according to Meyer's claims, was greatly aided by technology and knowledge imparted by extraterrestrial visitors. So the reason we advanced so quickly is because aliens lended us our technology. Like the internet was kind of given to us by aliens, you know, like we didn't figure internet out. That was so the aliens are evil is what so you're saying. So Al Gore is an alien is what He's you're an saying. Alien. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, because Pleiadians kind of sit on the opposite side of the greys who are evil in this universe. Keep in mind, the, the greys are the ones that are kind of manipulating us, trying to like farm us for our energy and our seed. They're not very good. And the Pleiadians are on the other side of that, trying to like uplift us on a spiritual level. In fact, spiritual evolution was also a, a key part uh, in the in the true history education that he would get of our planet, which includes the idea of spiritual evolution and guidance provided by what else? Extraterrestrial beings with a focus on the development of human consciousness and a full spiritual understanding. She uh, ask it would go on to say that love isn't a feeling towards somebody. It's an understanding of existence. So like what we know as love isn't what love truly is Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about her some quotes in a little bit lastly of course global conspiracies 
Meyer's accounts also touched on the theme of global conspiracies, suggesting that certain knowledge about extraterrestrial influence and ancient civilizations has been deliberately hidden from the public by powerful groups like the military-industrial complex and so on. The military-industrial in the group that is the military-industrial complex. One of one of the groups hiding the the shit like NASA is another one. Obviously, our gov all world governments. Obviously, we, we can't. We don't have the time. We can't dig dive deep into this particular claim because we have to talk more about the other lessons he got because he also got to visit this parallel universe that this Asket is from. Meyer's description of the Doll universe, Asket's home turf. Paint a picture of a place that could give the best sci-fi realms a run for their money. The good guys are bad, <laughs> and the bad guys are good. What? Whoa! The and Justice the bad League guys wear must have mustaches. It's called the Injustice time. League. <laughs> so, first and foremost, the Doll Universe is parallel to our universe. It's described as a sort of twin or parallel universe to our own. And this concept plays into the idea that there are multiple, perhaps infinite universes existing alongside each other, each with its own unique characteristics and their own laws of physics. There's also the advanced civilizations that Meyer claimed that the Dali universe is home to highly, like highly advanced civilizations, far more technology and spiritually developed than anyone on earth. And these civilizations were portrayed as having overcome many of the social and environmental challenges that Earth is facing right now. I say right now in terms of the 1960s, 1950s, when he was talking about it. Then obviously there's the whole aspect of interstellar uh, travel and communication. The beings from the Dull Universe like Asket are depicted as capable of interstellar travel and talking across huge amounts of space, including the ability to just cross universes and this implies a level of technology and understanding of the cosmos that far surpasses human capabilities, and you'd be hard-pressed to find any details on what that would be from Billy Meyer himself. Then there's spiritual and ethical evolution. The inhabitants of the dull universe are often described as not only technologically advanced, but spiritually and ethically evolved. They are portrayed as beings who live in harmony with each other and their environment, embodying ideals that Meyer suggests humanity should aspire to. And finally... The Dahl universe is depicted as a source of wisdom and guidance for Earth. The beings from this universe, like Asket, are said to share their knowledge with select individuals on Earth who are worthy, like Billy Meyer, to help but aid But how do you know someone's worthy at five? Dude, maybe he just got, like, a shine. You know, maybe they look at him and they're like, he would believe us. You and that's seem all they need. really chill, dude. <laughs> you seem fucking chill, seriously. You seem, you seem cool. Wanna come wanna wanna come to our planet? You I I know a cool party. So, first, you might be like, hey, you mentioned photographs. Would you boys like to see some extraordinary evidence dinosaurs? of time travel? Yes. Yes. Some dinosaurs. Yes. So first one, let me just go ahead and uh, get you the link. Oh my god, I hope it's I hope it's I don't even know what I hope. What, I ho- what kind of dinosaur are you hoping you're going to see? Brontosaurus, and it's going to yeah. be uh, goofy as hell looking. Okay, here is, well, let me uh, link it for you. Oops, or Stegosaurus, one of the two. I think it's okay. going to be like like round. Round, okay. Like well. puffy, like puffy. <laughs> you know that meme dinosaur? That like yellow yeah. meme dinosaur? Yeah, I that, do. That's that, what I expect. Well, there's your link to the first photo. Whoa, this is familiar to me. 
Oh, I've seen okay. this. I'm not surprised that you may have seen these photos. You just not not knowing where they. So this is a pterodactyl. In, it's yeah. a pterodactyl. It looks like a pterodactyl eating like a snake or something. I mean, yeah, it it looks like it's flying. It's it's. Uh, can you describe it for everybody, like who's out there? It, like, is it what does it look like? It's pretty blurry. It looks like it really. What it has the quality of is like a transparency being projected onto a wall or onto a whiteboard, like onto a mm. projector screen. It's kind of blurred. It's kind of out of focus, soft focus. It's a pterodactyl with its wings uh, outstretched from the front with its little dinky feet down there. It looks biologically like it could be a real creature, uh, like just at a, at a glance how, how detailed it is. Like, obviously, it's a dinosaur, so my better sense is telling me it's not real, but like, yeah, it, probably it good. looks right. realistic, I would say. It looks biologically believable. I would say that uh, it has all the signs of being a pterodactyl that we know from being a pterodactyl. Like if you saw mm, this, mm. you would immediately recognize it as a pterodactyl. It looks like a like a med, like a textbook illustration, yeah. like a like a like a realistic depiction. Right, well, it even has uh, every toy that's ever been created that's a pterodactyl looks like this. That pose. Two more, two even, more dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, three more dinosaur photos for you. This next three one. More. Okay. This one's more like a... I think it's supposed to be a brontosaurus? No, that's... This one looks like... This one looks like the dinosaur by the side of the freeway on the 60 or whatever. Yeah, this looks like a a giant styrofoam beast. We'll have these in the show notes for you guys, by the way. Don't worry. So here's the thing about this one. Mm -hmm. It has dinosaur-esque vibes, (laughs) but also man hands. Human arms, like a a soda jerk from a parlor from the 1920s. I can almost see his, like, vest and pocket watch. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But but then he just has dinosaur back. Like Like the back body of a horse, the hands of a man, and then a giant... Way too thick neck, the neck the size of its body. It looks yeah. like an iguanodon busting a Yoda on a like soda fountain jerk from like 1912. It also has the exact same vibe as like this, where it's just like a hand in a sock kind of thing. Where yeah, it's like, blah, 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 sure. Blah, blah. It has that paper mache vibe dinosaur it. vibes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that one looks less real. If you go out and look, like I'm, I'm showing you just a few, uh, but there are so many. His pictures of the pyramids from you know supposedly in history. There's a bunch. Uh, here's the next one, boys, and then I got one more after that one, and we're done with dinosaur pictures. But these are okay. my favorite. The shit of them. is it? This one, this one looks like in Arrested Development, where you find out later that it's like Tobias's ball sack, and they thought it was like a topographical map of Iraq or something like this. this yeah, looks, this, this looks. This looks like a taxidermy alligator with fake googly eyes in it. It does look like someone took a camera right up to one of the like old Godzilla, yeah, man yeah. in a Godzilla suit things, and put it right up next to it. It does not look real at all. You know when Daffy Duck has a gun, and he and something happens where like Bugs Bunny like turns the barrel of the gun around so it's facing when he fires it, and it gives him like that like blasted face. Yeah, yep, yep. It yep, looks yep, like yep. A, it looks like a horse did that. Well, I got your last one already linked. Um, what are they called? Diplodocus? Is that what they're called? Gallimimus, right? Gallimimus. Y- yeah, whatever one from, one from uh, Jurassic Park is. Yeah, the one that they run from. Yeah, Run from. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same look at that. The question that I have is, why are all the photos different gradients, different cut? Like- yeah, and why are they like silhouettes? I mean, a good question. It, uh, 
it's you know maybe time travel hurts the the camera like that's not how cameras work though <laughs> the camera would have a signature look on all the shots one shot wouldn't be black and white and one shot wouldn't be like a weird green thing like it wouldn't be that way yeah, yeah i don't know what that's used, about so you know uh he used different kinds of cameras but they were a variety of 35 millimeter cameras he brought multiple 35 millimeter cameras to the dinosaur age. No, just over the, you know, the, he, this dude has hundreds and hundreds of pictures over the years of him trying to prove. Do you think he got all those cameras from all that hard work? And I assume the, the chocolate mines, like how did he, what did he do? Probably. I mean, you farm chocolate in Switzerland, so you don't go to the mines for chocolate. What happens? You go to the mines country? to hide the Nazi what gold. What is going on in Switzerland? I don't know anything. I thought it was just kind of German and kind of French. Am I wrong? You know what? I'm. I would love to. Are we just going to go to Switzerland and find out what's going on there? If this if this show just becomes uh, next live shows in Switzerland, let's do it. Can the Swiss government invite us? We'd love to learn. We'd love to learn. We're here. We'll we'll do a little travel show with you guys. Well, I'll eat all the Swiss. What's the, what? What is the Swiss stuff? This the is the roll really Swiss? The Swiss roll. I will drink all. I will drink all your booze. How's that sound? Yeah, I'll drink all your booze. Oh, you can invite all your like heavy drinkers out with us, and then they can out drink me, and I'll be like, "Oh, you beat America again." I'm sure you right? got. That sounds good. I'm sure there's some pork. I'm sure there's some kind of pork dish. Oh yeah. You think there's somebody named Bjork? Swiss ham. Now we're just like, what if we just got some? What the? You guys want to go to Swiss chalet? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to continue because the education of Billy Meyer only changes hands again after a few years. The education See, of Billy Meyer. Ask it was done and now a proper pleiadian finally steps in the first real pleiadian that actually speaks to billy meyer if you believe that the first person who spoke to him was a plejorn and this next person was from a parallel universe this pleiadian's name was semjace s-e-m-j-a-s-e semjace semjace uh and luckily for billy myers uh it seems that german is a very popular language across the galaxy because Semjace was fluent in German and came with her own set of teachings and insights. Moreover, another her, my man, let's go. <laughs> this guy, every time he's horny, he's like, I wish I had a girlfriend from space. And and they like, show up. There she be. <laughs> uh, Semjace also was the granddaughter of Svath. What? They aged just like us. One of them died. Oh, yeah. Svath died. And now his grand uh, his granddaughter is here. Yeah. Uh, and she continued. She actually picked up where Svath left off, delving into the complexities mm. of human life, et cetera, et cetera. The stuff that, you know, we've already kind of covered. And with Semjace's arrival, Meyer's t- story took a turn into the tangible. He presented photograph of Semjace's spacecraft, which he lovingly referred to as not UFOs, but he called them beam ships. And these weren't your typical like blurry UFO shots, but clear, almost studio quality images for some of them. And the UFO community fucking went on fire when these things popped off. And the skeptics, you could feel them drawing their knives and sharpening them for these photos. So I'm going to share with you like a BBC article for right now that simply just has the photo, like a handful of photos. It's like when teens cracked the lightsaber effect. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Yo! Uh, so you're going to see in these photos, um, you're going to see familiar ones, including the one that's from, I want to, uh, from X-Files. I want to believe should, yeah, it should be in here. If not, I can find it elsewhere. I have a bucket of these photos, but these are a handful of these photos, uh, that he took. Yeah. I mean, they look pretty good. They're like, kind of like 
quiet landscape shots, really wide shots. The one from X-Files is here. I see it right here. It's like centered in the shot. They look great. I think he's throwing hubcaps in the air, though. It's very possible. (laughs) I will say I'm impressed that it's all the exact same camera. It looks legit, but I think Alex is right. Just based on angle and size, it's clearly closer to the ground than it appears to be. Sure. The way the way he is compared to where the aliens are and like the way the shots are framed, it's like really conveniently the exact right way for that optical illusion to exist if it were closer to the camera. Absolutely. And I'm actually going to share with you now two more photos and I'm going to see if something like you pick something up on one of them that might hint that you might be correct. These might be actually like not real. It's a man's hand. Uh, yeah, it's just a dude's hand in camera. There's not a lot of looking involved. All right, so the first one. All right, let's see. Okay, this one looks a little bit see, nice. What I'm talking about when it comes to like clear, almost studio quality like photos. It these. is clear, almost studio quality. You're exactly right. This looks good. Uh, I'm actually going to give you three total. It looks like Flash one. Gordon. It's a little extra. Honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then you have this one. And then the last one, and the last one uh, is the one that has something you might notice. Another one that looks just like really excellent, almost like surreal, you know, bliss. Yeah. The like windows uh, back backdrop bliss. That's what Mm -hmm. this looks like. This, I mean, the thing about these UFOs is it seems like there's extra attack. It's not just a saucer. No, you can see the details bulbs on them mm-hmm. and yeah yeah Which like little some descriptions of, of ufos in the uh, from others i mean it's interesting so these so these this last one i'm gonna just yeah. say it in in one way great because we're looking at the light peeking over the the ufo and stuff yeah. but i will point out that they look to be the same exact image the the two ufos look to be the same exact thing i will say and through multiple different people do, going through these photos, like that, none of them have been found to be doctored. Doesn't mean they weren't faked in camera at the right. time, but there wasn't any post not seemingly done on these photos. Yeah, yeah. The last one has the issue that it's really hard to tell, and I might side on the fact that it's in front of. But there's a tree in the yes, UFO. Could be yes. in that tree, and the UFO appears to be in front of the tree. That's exactly which would make it yep. extremely small. That's exactly the thing I, w- I noticed too, and that's what I was talking about because it's on the edge of the tree. Um, but it does look like it's pretty clearly sitting in front of the tree, which would make this thing tiny as shit. And here's the thing: if you said it's behind the tree, then, which yeah. I guess you could say because the tree it's backlit, so the tree and the UFO are dark. Yeah, it's even true. if it was behind the tree, it would only be slightly bigger. It wouldn't be a huge UFO. It would be like I don't know, five feet bigger. As it, would you make not- another excellent point too? Because again, if you look close into the picture, uh, Jesse, um, one of the branches that disappears into the darkness, it does pop up on the other side of that tiny shadowed lump. So it's very possible it is in front of the UFO, but because of the shadows and because of everything out, it's fucking, we don't know. We can't know. But no matter what, even if it's in front, it's very small. And if it's in back, it's, it's just small. But either way, it's not intergalactic. We're traveling right. seven feet tall Nordics. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. not they're, uh, they're cropped weird. Like the yep. way, like it could be somebody holding a fucking fishing line off to the side. Like how sure. how weird the the photo is cropped and how the angles are like it could be that it could be the yeah. tree it could be a stick um, in the tree. 
going to drop a link. You don't need to open it. This is mostly for show notes. Uh, but this is one of the sources I'm using. It's a 155 page deep dive into somebody Ooh. doing research into Billy Meyer exclu- extensively. Oh my God. And towards the middle is where you'll find more photos, which is where some of these came from as well. Oh my God. Uh, this is right. some, this yeah, dude, I do my deep dive, work. baby. I don't, I don't fucking, you know, I don't fucking short out on this shit. I know Billy Meyer pretty well right now. Billy Meyer and I are, we're good friends. I don't, is he, he might still be alive. Uh, so those photos are again, really crisp. The other photo we do have that he took that I'm going to share with you now as well is a picture of who is supposedly Askit herself. He took a picture of her. Yo, let's go. I can't wait to see this. I cannot wait. Heidi in space. Yo, okay. She just looks like. A blonde, uh, like a woman. 1970s go-go dancer, like a 60s. Yeah, she's just. She doesn't look alien at all. None, yeah. none at all. Yeah, I think I dated her once. <laughs> to be honest, she has like human <laughs> makeup on. She, I don't know. <laughs> she, that's so. That'd be so it just weird. Looks like a like a blonde woman. That's from like the her. 1960s. Now 1950s, I guess. People have done some digging and believe that this is actually a photograph of. Uh, a woman who was a famous singer in, I think it was in like Germany at the time. I'm trying to find her name. I accidentally. Why would he use a picture of a celebrity though? Dude? Okay. So here we go. We're going to. That's like when someone tries to catfish you and they use like. Yeah. Like Jessica Biel. A person you can just search on Instagram. This is a comparison photo from some one person. Um, It's a bit hard to tell on this one, I think. Ah, uh, I see it. The hair is pretty perfect, but the cheekbone, the, the bone structure on the cheeks could be different, but also the shadow on the other, on the first picture could be wrong. So I don't know. It, it looks, it looks enough like them that if you told me they were the same person, I would believe you. Yeah. It's the quality of the shot and the shadows. Like in the first shot though, her hairline appears to be lower than the second, but that also could just be again, because her hair was styled different. You know, you know how that shit works. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Also, I think there's probably a time, like a difference in age here. Yeah, like like this, the second picture looks like it's like 15 years later or something like that. Yeah, yeah, she looks older in the second photo. Like, I can see her being a young woman in the first photo and then like a middle age in the second. Sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that for sure. Michelle Dela, Dela Favre. That's That's the supposed woman's name. So, you know, the photos are at the very least uh, decent. And here's even more evidence to kind of throw in, in, his, uh, in his direction of doubt. He confessed to his wife uh, in the future that some of the photos he staged trying to convince people basically like I have real photos. It's, it's, okay. so it's they're all so exactly. You, know, you have that problem. For, over, absolutely. Like it, it definitely muddies the waters a bit. And then his wife would later go on to say that they were all faked, obviously. Um, Right. Yeah. Except for this one, the dog that said "sup, guys." <laughs> yeah. Except for this one in particular. So we're looking now at this new individual showing up, Sem Jace, showing up on a not telepathically, but on a beam ship, a being with ethereal charm and an intergalact- uh, proposing as an intergalactic ambassador. She's not just any any alien. She's a human-looking one, complete complete with long blonde hair, blue eyes. Because in in the universe, it seems blondes are just 
the more popular one. I don't I don't understand why everybody has to be blonde haired, blue eyed. You know, I just don't know. I, don't I have know. an idea why. Um, the initial meeting between Meyer and Semjace reportedly involved conversations that went beyond the usual, <laughs> you know, general introductions and immediately began discussing things within mo- minutes of the fate of humanity and the secrets of the universe. Oh, shit. Yeah, like Tight. we went real deep instantaneously. Semjace, according to Meyer, wasn't here just to, uh, to envoy, uh, just to enjoy Swiss scenery. She came bearing messages of spiritual enlightenment, warnings about Earth's future, insights into cosmic laws. And these teachings kind of were like, I don't know, they kind of seem like TED Talks, but with more UFOs and less awkward audience interaction. Well, can I, I just like- say, can I just say that I love that it seems like the vibe with aliens and Earth is that it's like a place where they go to just like, vibe out with some fucking primitives and fucking like smoke some weed and like talk about shit and just be like like, save your planet bro yeah all right bye um and so we hear so we arrive now at what i've dubbed sem jace's cosmic law 101 these aren't your everyday laws like don't jaywalk these are the supposed universal truths that govern existence delivered by the pleiadian with a flair for the enigmatic cosmic law number one the harmony of the cosmos First on Semjace's syllabus was the concept of cosmic harmony. Imagine her explaining that the universe is like a giant orchestra where every star, planet, and comet has its part to play, and Earth is currently that one off-tune trumpet blaring a solo when it's not asked to. According to Semjace, through Meyer, this harmony is not just a physical balance, but a spiritual one where beings must live in synchrony with the universe's vibrations. Tight. Like cosmic yoga. Tight, 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 tight. Right? We can, we can feel that, right? Tight, 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 tight. About, about aliens now. You know, maybe, you know, maybe something carries through. Cosmic law number two. Let's do some dabs, aliens. Come on. <laughs> the power of thought. Next up, the power of thought that Semjace purportedly emphasized that thoughts are not just fleeting brain sparks, but powerful energies that can shape reality itself. Kind of stuff like that reminds me of the secret, you know, that idea that you can change your reality. Chaos magic is very similar in that way. It's the kind of stuff that's supposed to like makes you think twice about daydreaming in a meeting and like accidentally creating an inadvertent crazy realities because your your thoughts are just real. Um, but it didn't seem like Billy Meyer fully fucking understood what that meant. Uh, and he couldn't really provide many examples as to how to harness that in our everyday lives. Then you have cosmic law number three, which just seems like a kind of law of physics, the law of cause and effect. Semjace's crash course in cosmic law wouldn't be complete without the classic cause and effect lesson. This is the universe's way, according to her, of saying like, quote, every action has a reaction. So maybe think twice before you decide to invent that AI powered toaster. And like, basically just watch out for technology technology might get away from you whatever you do is going to have an impact for good or bad um don't be short-sighted a big one in sem jace's teachings was the evolution of consciousness she allegedly described a path for humanity to evolve beyond our physical limitations achieving higher states of being it's like a spiritual upgrade but without the need for a software patch and here i want to once again draw that line between grays and pleiadians in this particular lore of the universe The grays are the other side of things. They're all about technology. They're not about consciousness and raising your spirituality. It's about integrating technology, you know, breeding more of their kind and and just kind of being this like physical uh, focused species. 
And the Pleiadians and other aliens out there are all about trying to like raise your vibrational levels, bro, and like meditate and see the higher realities that exist on top of you. Grow beyond your physical means, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I need something. I guess I'm going to let the hang. Jesse's shaking his head extremely slowly at me. Yeah. I'm just, we're so off the rails now. We're so completely off the rails but it's not the pleiadians are the opposite side it's where it all goes though right every time it's like do you think pleiadians like crunch reps supremes yeah crunch reps supremes yeah i think they do but they like it with that spicy sauce instead of sour cream of course they do do you think they do like veggie meat though like like black bean uh, black bean black bean black bean yeah Yeah, man they don't do meat at all they don't try to fake it yeah no the black bean crunch reps way to go yeah i've got one last cosmic law for you it's the interconnectedness of life boys like the force mm-hmm. yes exactly Binds mm-hmm. us yes or the cosmic mm-hmm. web that connects all spider-men madam web i am yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that movie looks so good the Mother interconnectedness of all life an amazon she was a cosmic web that links every living being this is the universe's way of reminding us that we're all in this together whether we're humans on Earth or Pleiadians cruising through the stars, we all part of the same family, man. Look, it's a good, it's a solid message. Like, it's a good message. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't mean it's real, but it's like a good message. I vibe with it. Yeah. Does, is that <laughs> enough? I mean, it might be enough. Let's see. Let's see if you would take the next step because there's more. Oh, good. <laughs> Once Meyer shared all of Semjace's cosmic curriculum, it was like dropping a metaphysical bombshell into the pool of UFO lore and New Age spirituality around this time. They just ate it up. Everybody just... Some lapped up every word as if it were the nectar of the fucking gods, bro. While skeptics raised their eyebrows so high, it, they practically left their foreheads. Sam Jace's teachings delivered through Meyer became a cocktail of inspiration for some and a source of never-ending eye rolls for the other. Damn. We could even say that Meyer kind of created a little bit of a cult. But not one of the evil cults that ends in death. Just one of those people who all join the same group and love aliens. I guess <laughs> they don't like live. They don't live in a com- like a, a giant complex. They don't like you know. It's not like uh. What do you like any of the like uh like the like the one we talked about in Uganda and then you've got what's his name who made everybody drink the Kool Aid. Not that shit. Just everybody gets to live at their own homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, no. I tried my best. I tried my best. Billy Myers' tales, particularly his interactions with Semjace, fostered a sort of cult following after this. This was not just like a fan club, but it was a kind of like a congregation of believers hanging on to every word of the Pleiadian gospel, according to Myers. Seminars would start, books became regular, and websites dedicated to his experiences as the technology advances Advance sprouted like mushrooms, each spreading the word of the cosmic laws and Earth's supposed destiny with higher vibrational living. The group that w- came together that he eventually founded as a nonprofit group was the, and I'm going to butcher this because it's in fucking Dutch, Freie Interessgenomischaft für Grenz und Geistwaschaften Ufologistodien. It sounds so Dutch. It's it, what it translates to is the free community of interests for the border in spiritual sciences and ufological studies. Well, sure. Also known as FIGU. F-I-G-U. FIGU. FIGU. FIGU is not usually referred to as like a cult in the conventional sense of the word, but rather as a group or community of individuals who are interested in and support Meyer's claims about extraterrestrial contact and other spiritual and esoteric topics. 
This was founded in Switzerland in the late 70s, and Figu serves as the main platform for disseminating Meyer's teachings and messages. The organization publishes books, periodicals, and other materials related to Meyer's experiences and the philosophies and information he claims to have received from the extraterrestrial beings. Figu also organizes events, lectures, and discussions centered around Meyer's work. So you can see where this is more and more becoming this man's way of making money and less about him and his experiences with these creatures. It, it, like, if this was now, he would just start a fucking Patreon. Yeah, yeah maybe. Same. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, and after the narrative saga of Billy Myers' encounters with Semjace, one might think the cosmic storyline would finally take a breather. But in the ever-surprising script of this dude's life, the universe had more characters to introduce, expanding his interstellar social circle beyond the Ple- uh, Pleiadian single envoy. Now, some say these characters started popping up when skeptics started prying for details, and in an effort to add layers to his story to make it seem more believable, these characters were brought in later in the story as opposed to brought in right away when he supposedly would have met them. He's telling these, he's basically telling people about these, these uh, aliens after the fact, instead of like, as it's happening. Uh, so there's a lot of doubt as to they were who, uh, if they were real or not, we're just going to look at two of them. The first that shows showed up is Pata, P-T-A-A-H. He's very Klingon-esque, it feels like. To yeah. Uh, Pata is described as a senior figure in the Pleiadian hierarchy who stepped into the narrative with the gravitas of a seasoned space traveler. He is portrayed as a fatherly figure, offering guidance and wisdom to Billy, and sometimes serving as a counterbalance to Semjace's perspectives, trying to give him uh, more of an open look at things. Pata is not your average Pleiadian. No, this dude's like the big shot. He's a head honcho, a cosmic commander-in-chief of the Pleiadian fleet, or so they claim. And according to the believers, Pata is the mastermind behind the Pleiadian agenda on Earth and is here to drop some serious knowledge on us so we can wake up, sheeple. One of Pata's supposed missions is to help us poor, ignorant Earthlings evolve spiritually. He's here to teach us the secrets of the universe, the mysteries of consciousness, and the art of achieving inner peace. Because, of course, when you're an enlightened being from another star system, it's your duty to school us on how to reach our full potential. We've, we've learned that by now. And let's not forget, he's doing all of this while rocking a fucking sick costume, a cosmic cape, and a crown made of stardust. Hell yeah. <laughs> this dude is just, I imagine he stands there and the wind just billows his cape naturally. I'm going to picture Elrond from The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's like a space Elrond. It's me, Elrond from the White Council. It's the smell. Uh, One of Pata's supposed... (laughs) I need someone to take a ring to Mordor. My my pal Gandalf's here. Lemma spread, Billy. Lemma spread. One of Pata's supposed missions... Uh, helping us here to evolve spiritually. Oh, his ambitions don't stop at spiritual enlightenment, by the way. No, no, no. He's also apparently working behind the scenes to promote world peace and harmony with our governments. You see, Pata and his Pleiadian posse want us to put down our weapons, give up our territorial disputes, and just start hugging it out, dude. Just start yeah. loving each other. Nothing says world peace like an interstellar like being loving. with an otherworldly accent telling us Getting to tongue kissed by an interstellar being, brother. Yeah, let's do it. I'll do it. I'll volunteer. I'll be the ambassador if it brings world peace. Now, if you might be wondering Mathis how some peace. Yeah, what? Sorry. If it brings Mathis a peace. 
If it brings Mathis a peace, I'll bring world peace. I love it. Yeah. There's my new slogan. Elect me 2024. I'll run for president. For what? Oh, God. Elect yeah, me. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll be, oh, great. Now, you might be wondering how Patak communicates with us mere mortals. And just like uh, most Pleiadians, he prefers the old-fashioned method of channeling. Yeah, he's, uh, he's uh, telepathic. And according to those who claim to be in touch with Patak, because of course there are others now who also claim they've been contacted by Patak, they receive his wisdom through a cosmic telephone line that connects directly into his Pleiadian brain. He basically can reach out from anywhere in the galaxy and just telepathically speak with people. It's like, uh, yeah, it's just like there's this fucking telepathic uh, telephone. And then the next person we're going to talk about, and the last one of these alien people that show up in his story is Quetzal, who's kind of like an engineer and historian in a way. Quetzal, Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L. Of the another Quetzalcoatl variety? It, it may seem familiar to you, Jesse, but maybe okay. that's because the name comes from an alien who visited Earth long ago. Oh, uh, some sort yeah, of winged, dude. feathered serpent, eh? Some sort of eternal being. Yeah. Some sort of new mm. god. Mm. Maybe. This dude's another prominent figure in Meyer's Tales. It's kind of cast as like an engineer and historian, and his role in this particular narrative that Meyer continues to weave was often to provide detailed technical information about spacecraft and extraterrestrial technology as well as historical insights that challenged Earth's recorded history. With Quetzal, Meyer studied stories devolved into the realms of alternative history and advanced alien engineering. Quetzal, the name itself, sounds like something straight out of a Mayan temple or an ancient mythology class, but no, Quetzal isn't an ancient deity. This dude is supposedly just a modern-day Pleiadian luminary. Let's unravel the cosmic mysteries around this dude. Quetzal is often portrayed as a wise and benevolent Pleiadian being with a penchant, no, a Pleiadian being with a penchant for imparting profound wisdom upon us earthlings, but with a cooler name and a knack for dramatic entrances. According to the believers, Quetzal has been hanging around Earth incognito for some time, watching over us and occasionally whispering cosmic secrets in the ears of those he deems worthy. Because who needs guardian angels when you've got Quetzal hanging around? One of Quetzal's supposed missions is to help us, what else? Evolve and elevate our consciousness. He's here to remind us. What else? Exactly. He's here to remind us we're not just a bunch of evolved apes with smartphones, people. We're spiritual beings with untapped potential. And who better deliver this message than yet another Pleiadian in a snazzy cloak? And now this time, a feathered headdress. Like a, like a, that's from North American indigenous tribes? Except it's from Pleiadia talking to a Swiss man. What kind of feathers are they? Don't know. Bird. Avian. But like. Bird version. Space feathers or space bird? Dinosaur times. Maybe he he got these feathers from like dinosaurs. And as we know, there are actually several dinosaurs that did have feathers. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Where where did them feathers come from? (laughs) Big space bird. I don't know. Sorry. Mm, Space bird they come. There's still more to this dude. Quetzal is also. (laughs) He's also here to do what pretty much everybody else has been here to do. Guide us toward peace and harmony. He wants, much like everybody else, put down our weapons, sign treaties with each other, stop fighting. So do they go fighting. back home and say they failed? Like, how did that work out? I, well, like, this guy's been here forever, and he's supposedly still on Earth. So he hasn't gone home yet. Because clearly so he's, like, he's just failed. embarrassed to go home. I would be. He I came would with be. a mission. It's like, it's I just, would be. guys, I suck at this. Dude, yeah, if your job was to bring peace and harmony, and you have to call in, and it just keeps getting worse somehow, like, just stop calling in. 
Every time I think we're in that peace and harmony, someone blows something up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wild. Uh, and surprise, surprise, he communicates with us in the old fashioned channeling method. He once again handpicks chosen humans to serve as his messengers, allowing them to tap into his celestial wisdom. And these chosen few then share his teachings with the rest of us, ensuring that Quetzal's cosmic guidance reaches every corner of the globe. Sure. Just real quick. Why is the chosen few not people with any power to actually make things happen? Maybe the greys already have their clutches in the people who are in power. So instead, they're like, all right, get the five-year-olds. Well, you got to start young. If you're going to have an intergalactic this emissary, you have to like This is an alien trying to save the planet. Well, you got to groom your intergalactic diplomats. That's not, I don't, mm, don't think that's what? how diplomacy works. Are you a Pleiadian? Okay. I mean, if right. I'm, it's a cultural difference. Smarter than point. them? You can't say if you are or not. They can move between star systems, dude. No, 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 no. That's technology. One of the smart ones came up Fair. with. Just like I didn't make cars, but I use them. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just uh, saying. I, mean, I guess you I can't guess. say they're all smart. There's probably like four smart Pleiadians. The rest of them, idiots. Yeah, idiots well, who go to planets like I'm here to help you. Uh, Find your chakras, bro. Now let's do this weed and go look at the stars. Let's do this weed. I love when I do. That's this what weed. it's like hanging out in my house when Matthews comes here <laughs> for Illuminati live shows. Are you trying to say I make you just sit at home and smoke weed all the time when I'm there? Let's just I don't do think it. you make me do that, but that's what happens. That's just what happens. You know, I got to enjoy it while I can. Uh, as Myers' extraterrestrial network grew, so did the skepticism. Critics pointed out the convenient expansion of Myers' context following the publicity, Jesus, uh, and scrutiny of his earlier claims. The introduction of new characters like Patah and Quetzal was seen by some as an attempt to just add layers to his story. Yeah, it went a little too far for some. And despite the skepticism, Myers' expanding universe, uh, his expanding universe still continued to captivate a segment of the UFO community and New Age followers, even to this day. The new characters and their teachings contributed to the growing body of literature and discussion surrounding Meyer's experiences, further cementing his status as a prominent, if controversial, figure in the world of ufology. And the Pleiadians, those intergalactic fashionistas who have apparently taken a break from their busy schedule of stargazing to grace us with their presence, these supposed extraterrestrial beings that hail from the Pleiades star cluster, and according to some, here on Earth for quite the shindig of raising our vibrations into cool, chill vibes, these guys are still around. The Palladians also claim that they've been here for a long time, heralding a new era of love and unity on Earth, again, failing. They want us to put aside our differences, failing. Stop fighting, failing. And, uh, you know, stop worrying about the technology. A lot of their messages seem to be focused on fixing the planet. Stop using technology as much as we do. Um, and if you're wondering if they're still in contact with us, well, according to believers, they're doing it in a way that's both incredibly elusive and highly convenient for those peddling the messages. You see, Pleiadians supposedly communicate with select humans through channeling to this day. Uh, and these people... Mothers! <laughs> yes, they channel where a chosen individual opens themselves up like a cosmic telephone line and lets Pleiadians drop pearls of wisdom into their brain straight out their mouths. These channelers regale us with tales of interdimensional conversations, offering profound insights and spiritual guidance. Of course, it's all very hush-hush, and you have to be in the inner circle of believers to gain access to these divine communications 
sound more like a cult every day. And But hey, why not trust someone who claims to be a conduit for celestial beings, right? I mean, we already have Mormonism. We already have the Pope on Catholicism. Every good religion has somebody who can communicate with the head honcho. If and- they're a conduit, I am onto it. Mm. In conclusion, the Pleiadians are here to save us from ourselves, boys. Shower us with love and wisdom and wear outfits that look really cool even in the 70s. Whether they're still actively contacting us now is a matter of faith or perhaps perhaps gullibility, depending on your perspective. But one thing's for sure, they've certainly made their mark in the ever-entertaining world of extraterrestrial encounters and new age UFO and spirituality. 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 And Billy, Billy Myers, fake or not, has etched himself into the pillar of UFO history. Billy Mays will sell the ShamWow or whatever he sold, OxyClean forever. And now you know where that photo from I Want to Believe is from. I feel like I've learned, I'm even closer to X-Files than I was before. Yes. Yes. Okay. My last question. Would you fuck a Pleiadian? If they look like that? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Damn right. Damn right. It's the only answer. Peace and love, man. <laughs> oh man, did you have sex with Ringo Starr? <laughs> peace and love, peace and love, peace and love, peace and love, 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 Jesse. I'll finish peace up quick. I've got another date. Yeah. Go give us a piece at patreon.com slash IlluminatiPod, everybody, where we're going to go do a mini sode right now. That. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's time for mini sode. Appreciate your support. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week as, well, as always with another regular episode as well. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, me, for doing such a great job. And I'll see you next time. <laughs> Thank you, me. Thank you, me. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the... I don't know who they are. There's two. What? Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer. No. Neo and Trinity. No. I don't understand, and I probably never will. Let me just tell you right now that there's two. Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. I'm telling you, I think he literally just looked up famous duos. Cheech and Chong. And he's been going through the list ever since. I'm trying to dig deep. One of you is uh, Dick Powell. Me? Your name's Jesse Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I want to love you. I want my body. I want to love you. I want my Welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by Alex and Jesse.
like a shooting star across the sky that's actually a UFO. 